TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. Hey everyone, Steve Janot here for TFC Talk. Post-match, Toronto FC 5, Columbus Crew 0. Yes, that's right, you heard me correctly. Toronto FC 5, Columbus Crew 0. It was a thorough butt-whooping, an old-fashioned butt-whooping at BMO Field. Columbus Crew came out, and they, I don't want to say they were disorganized. I do want to say that they tried to open up Toronto FC and wanted to play an open and free-flowing game. Perhaps the fact that there was no Sebastian Javinko in the lineup still recovering from injury, although what the status of that injury is is currently under dispute, as Javinko had posted uh, earlier in the week on Instagram that he was ready to play, but the coaches weren't going to let him play, and he seemed unhappy about that. Greg Vanny addressed that in the post-match press conference, and you'll get to hear that in just a few moments. There's also no Josie Altador who was sitting on five yellow cards and so was suspended for the match so he was not available for Greg Vanny to roster or to put in the starting 11. Added to that, Josie Altador will be away next week, both midweek versus Ottawa at home in the second half of the Voyagers Cup or Canada Cup Canadian Championship tie and as well he'll be away uh, absent on U.S men's team duty on the Saturday versus while well, Toronto FC plays New England revs on the road. Michael Bradley also will be absent for those matches too. So no Javinko, no Josie, TFC coming off of a loss midweek against Ottawa in Ottawa. Very sort of surprising considering Toronto FC had only lost once all season long. That was to Columbus. And even in the second match against Columbus, because they've played twice already this in the early stages of this MLS season, Columbus seemed to have TFC's number because they, you know, they were winning for much of that second match as well before Tassaint Ricketts got his mojo working. So Columbus Crew came out looking to win the Trillium Cup. That's the only time I'll mention the thing. Uh, Looking to win the Trillium Cup. Okay, I said it again. And take the rubber match. And what we found instead was that Toronto FC easily opened them up through the middle. That's what, you know, Victor Vasquez in the middle was sublime. The passing was beautiful. But it was the combination of Vasquez in the middle with his passing and the speed of Moro up the one side and Ricketts up the other, really, because he wasn't playing central. He was playing next to Spencer, who got his first start. Congratulations to the kid getting his first start uh, at the MLS level. And I thought he did a decent job. We'll talk about that in a second. So with Ricketts playing off of him as a second striker, making more wide runs and then Moro bombing on up the left side, really very dangerous early on. Columbus crew looked very disorganized, and they were getting carved apart through the middle with a lot of through balls and a lot of really nice spread work to move the ball outside and then create countless opportunities. It probably could have been three or four or five nothing early on in the match. At the same time, the defense did look a little bit suspect early on for Toronto FC, and that's part of the open match that Columbus wanted to play. They were willing to open it up so they could create chances, but they were also going to concede chances. But at the end of the day, there was really, Alex Bono was largely untested. Back to Spencer, who got the start up top. Instead of Hamilton, there was thought that Hamilton maybe would get the start. After all, he did start and played 90 midweek against Ottawa last week, where he looked a little bit unsettled or a little uncomfortable. Certainly maybe not the, the type of play that uh, head coach Greg Venning was hoping for from, from the, the young striker, Canadian striker. But we saw it in this match uh, when, when Hamilton came on late in the match, he immediately had an impact, both setting up Jonathan Osorio for a, for a goal and then of course scoring a goal himself in the dying minutes of the match. So talk about impact, the fourth 
and fifth goal, both, uh, you know, direct result of the play of uh, Hamilton. So well done to, to, to that particular kid. So continuing on from there, Spencer gets the start instead of Hamilton. Kid did a great job there. Spencer looked a little bit uncertain maybe early on, and Greg Venny speaks to this again in the post-match uh, press conference. Didn't, wasn't sure whether to stick or twist, I thought, early on, whether he was supposed to press or when he was supposed to sort of drop back as that uh, high man or top striker in that role. But the ability to hold up play certainly de- was demonstrated, and we saw that as, as the game flowed on, as he got more comf- comfortable and confident and did a nice job in setting up the goal for Justin Morrow on holding up play and then spreading it out wide. So, you know, there's there's a possibility that there, there's something there as well. And for TFC, I think this just speaks to the depth of this club. No Altidore, no Javinko. They win 5 nothing against Columbus. Delgado gets sent off with a red card. So they end up playing with 10 men for uh, a brief period of time as well. But really, the goals just come from everywhere. Vasquez gets two, both on you know dead balls or set pieces. One on a lovely free kick that he rolls under the wall. So smart. Waits for the play, the, the wall to jump and then bends it under, under the wall along the ground. Keeper really has no chance at that. And the other is a, a pen that he scored. So we know now that Vasquez is the new pen taker for Toronto FC, who had missed already three pens this season. Pretty hard to believe that. And the question was, who would take the next pen? And the answer, of course, now is Vasquez. I asked Greg Benny about this in the post-match, and he said yes. It had been decided before the match that he would take the pen. But the pen was created by Tosain Ricketts. And let's just take a moment now to acknowledge how great Tosain Ricketts has been over the last month. You know, it's really hard being the third striker on a team that features uh, jo- Josie Altidore and Sebastian Javinko, maybe two of the, the three best strikers in the in MLS as a whole. But Ricketts has quietly, patiently continued to work behind the scenes and been ready for when his number has been called. We see him score big goal after big goal with, you know, back-to-back game-winning goals as part of that six-game winning streak. And in the seventh game of, the, of that win streak, or what should have been a seventh win against New York Red Bulls. He scored a goal that was called back that I still think was the wrong call because I do believe that although Edwards was offside, the referee was not calling Edwards offside. Go back and listen to two TFC talks ago if you want to hear my take on that. He also hit a crossbar in that game as well, and he set up the pen that Josie ultimately missed, which would have brought them that win as well. So he goes down in the box, his speed, really too much for Columbus to deal with all night long. And, you know, he probably could have had a, had another goal just himself that, as well. So Ricketts really doing a number up top for that Toronto FC team really helping them to push on. And this just speaks to the depth of this club, and I think that Greg Venny mentions in the post-match how he thinks this is the deepest team in the history of MLS, in his opinion. And we're already starting to see some talks about is this the greatest team ever assembled in MLS history. And what I want to just say about both those discussions is just ease up just a little bit. Now, is the potential there for this to be the greatest T- uh, TFC team ever? Absolutely. Is the potential there for this to be the greatest MLS team ever? Absolutely. The depth and the quality is there. You saw it tonight. A guy like Hamilton, who you know, was basically playing TFC 2 10 days ago, you know, comes in, gets in, in limited minutes, scores a goal, sets up a goal. A guy like Edwards, who a year ago you know, was playing college, not even like university, but college soccer here in, in, the, in the GTA, all of a sudden now you know, comes on, makes an immediate impact, again, setting up the Hamilton goal, and consistently game in and game out making an impact. A guy like Jonathan Osorio, who seemed to fall out of favor, both with supporters for some strange reason and with the coaching staff wasn't you know wasn't able to sort of get his groove going earlier on in the season appeared to drop in the depth charts then had a heart rate issue comes in in limited minutes again but boom scores a goal we see a goal from there to St. Ricketts we just endless goals and, and opportunities chances created from there tonight we didn't even see Benoit Sheru play a single minute we still didn't see Jay Chapman play a single minute again no Josie no Seba there are just so many weapons I haven't even mentioned Justin Morrow who continues to 
get snubbed by the U.S. men's national team for reasons beyond me. Stephen Betashore, the epitome of professional and solid on the other wing-back position. I haven't even mentioned the centre-backs, the fact that they lose Drew Moore for multiple weeks and yet still somehow go unfazed. The fact that they've lost Nick Hagelin now for multiple months and still go unfazed. They could still put out three at the back. That includes, again, Zavaleta, who we all know El Salvador is trying to get capped by getting him to come and play for the Gold Cup team, but who was holding out for a call from the U.S. men's national team. But as he told me, maybe not for much longer. So if the U.S. men's national team want to cap Zavaleta and get him to play for them, they may need to step up and make that happen. And they can roll out a guy like Mavinga on the other end. you got a guy like Hernandez who's sitting on the bench who can back you up there. This team is just deep, deep, deep. And don't forget the fact that Alex Bono's playing a net and sitting on the bench right now is one of the best goalkeepers in MLS in Clint Irwin. So this team has all the depth and all the talent that's there that's needed to win. But what they need to do is actually win trophies. And that's what will determine if this is the greatest team ever to play in the MLS or the deepest team ever. And to do that, they have to do what no other team has done before. They have to win the treble. They have to win the Supporters' Shield. They have to win the MLS Cup. And they have to win the Domestic Cup. And to do that, they first have to take care of business this week against Ottawa, where they trail 2-1. to one but they have the away goal. Coming back to BMO, there'll be no Josie, there'll be no Michael, there may or may not be Seba, there may or may not be Vasquez, who was pulled at about 60 minutes in the match against Columbus, sitting on a brace. Greg Vaney continuing to kill the dreams of MLS fantasy players across the country, <laughs> pulling guys on braces every single week and every time it happens. So we know that th- those players may or may not play as well. It remains to be seen how strong a lineup he fields, uh, but let's be certain of one thing. I was in Montreal last year when Toronto went to Montreal needing only a nil-nil draw against Montreal to advance to Vancouver and, and the finals of the MLS Cup and they did a job there and they shut down Piatti and they shut down Drogba and they shut down a Montreal team that only needed to score one goal really to put themselves through. So I, I've seen this, we, we've all seen this team do this before. They are deep, they are strong, and they may be the best team MLS has ever seen. But the decision about whether or not that is true will not come now. It will not come in May, folks. It will not come in June. It will come in December when if Toronto FC have hoisted three trophies, three cups, four if we include the Trillium Cup, but three cups, if they win the treble, which no MLS team has ever done before, then there will be no point in even arguing who the greatest team in MLS history is. It will be this year's Toronto FC team. But until then, there's a lot of work to do. So sit back and enjoy. You'll hear the words of head coach Greg Venny. You'll hear the words of Captain Michael Bradley. And you'll hear the words of the keeper, Alex Bono. And until next week, I'm Steve Gennaro. This is TFC Talk, brought to you by the great people at XTSC, Extreme Toronto Sports Club. Make sure you check them out on the web, XTSC sign up to play soccer today uh, anywhere in the gta so many incredible locations great turf fields and great ambassadors like to saint ricketts and josie altador who give their part to the club and to help out with xtsc and promoting grassroots soccer across the city and around the province and shout out to Waking the Red and World Football Index, both who are simulcasting and rebroadcasting this great show. So make sure you check them out. And of course, allinsportstalk.com, which makes all of this possible. I'm Steve Gennaro at underscore S Gennaro. You can follow me on Twitter. Until next time, up the Reds. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. Thank you. We're uh, <clears throat> we needed three guys to lift the cup because it's super heavy, but uh, yeah, we're we're obviously very happy to get the three points. Um, yeah, and I mean pleased to get a shutout and and over the moon to score five goals on a day like today and get contributions from a lot of guys um, and 
Uh, you know, we got a, had a guy who get his first ever appearance for uh, at MLS, and then the three subs who came on all made a difference in the game, and um, yeah, went pretty much according to to plan. Doesn't always go that way, but today it it uh, it did. <clears throat> Great night for Victor, obviously. I mean, when isn't it a good night for Victor? <laughs> what makes him so special? Uh, yeah, his brain. Uh, at the end of the day, he's. You know, he's just so aware of his surroundings. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that the game is played in your head before it's played out and so everyone can see it. And he's just two steps ahead of everybody else. He knows how much time he has. He knows where pressure's coming from. He knows where his outs are. He knows where the, the pass that can hurt people is. He, he just knows. And then the second part of that is that he has the ability to hit any of those other passes. And he's just, he's very clever. It's just... Uh, you know, he's to me, he's of the attacking midfielders in the league. For me, he's the most clever attacking midfielder in this league by a long shot. And I don't know if people have, across the board have recognized that, but he is. He's not. He's not the guy like I see some attacking midfielders who dribble around people and are sprinting with the ball and all that kind of stuff. He's not that guy. But if you want a guy to find space and find the right pass and deliver the right ball, there isn't a better one. So uh, I'll take him any day. Had you decided before the match that he was going to be the penalty taker for your team tonight? Yes. Uh, Toss put the ball down like he was going to take it, and uh, I have a little bit of a thing, and over the last couple of games, us missing PKs about the guy who gets fouled who takes the PK, I don't really love that because you're in the emotion of the moment and getting brought down, and I kind of prefer uh, it be somebody else if possible, and you know, for Victor, he and I have been talking for a while uh, about him stepping up and, and finding one, and uh, so yeah, we just switched up and had Victor hit it, and it worked out. So. He also scored on a, on a free kick another set piece will we see him taking more set pieces going forward maybe uh it's possible i think it's um i think we have a few guys who are capable of hitting josie's has scored on free kicks obviously seba has victor has for me that free kick was again he's just a step ahead of everybody else right he he's got a sense that the wall is going to jump and try to take away the ball over the wall so he goes under the wall i mean it's just again it's just another sign of him being just a little bit smarter than everybody else sometimes how did you think Ben did and the decision to start him with Toss as opposed to Jordan? Was that just because you thought he complimented Toss better? Yeah, uh, I thought Ben was was in a learning process through the whole game. Um, and obviously I was pleased for him to pick up the ball in the middle of the field, swing the ball to the opposite side and get an assist. Um, <clears throat> I think it was a, a learning curve for him over the course of the game of, of dealing with this the center backs finding them, pinning them back, being able to hold balls, being able to connect with the group. You know, I thought it looked like a little bit like a first first appearance for somebody. It was at times a little naive and at times uh, um, not ideal for him. But then he makes a couple of good plays to you know one to open up the field that that creates a goal for Justin. So um, the decision to start him was uh, Jordan started on a couple of days ago in in Ontario and. I thought just as a combination, having a, a little bit more of a target forward and, and a running forward together, we could get Toss out into the flanks, which I thought he did a great job of running out into the wide channels and trying to keep Ben a little more central. Um, I look at Jordan and Toss sometimes as being two guys who like to run out in the flanks sometimes, and then we would be left without sort of that central presence or someone in front of the goal. So it was just a, it was a decision that, uh, that I made. but I, you know. Full credit to Jordan. He came on and he was excellent when he came on. I thought he held up balls. I thought uh, obviously he scored a goal. I thought he uh, um, he did a lot of things to help us during those that last sort of thirty minutes to um, you know 
to add a couple goals and he got assist as well. So a lot of credit to Jordan. I think playing on Tuesday sort of helped him. Uh, I think for forwards, it's very difficult to come in a one-off and play a game. Like you have to establish a rhythm and a connection with the group. And um, and I thought Jordan was you know benefited from playing 90 minutes Tuesday and and came in today very hungry. And I thought he was excellent. Was uh, something out Victor one goal short of a hat trick meant to maybe keep him fresh for a possible game on Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Part of it is when the vision of the game changes and it becomes a lot of defensive work uh, and we have a lead, it doesn't make sense uh, for Victor to be running around doing, you know, 80% defending work, 20% of his time being on the ball and helping the team. I think that's just running a guy into the ground for no reason in a long, long season. And so uh, for us at that point was bring on fresh legs and allow that guy with fresh legs to sort of help us with the defensive work, help us in transition, um, you know, and, we, and preserve Victor, whether it be for Wednesday or for something down the road. It's it's uh, it's one of those decisions. He's a guy we want to have out there for the long haul, and so, uh, and also we've got we've got midfielders who you know who need and deserve some time out on the field. We're getting also back into rhythm after he had to sit out for a couple of weeks because of uh, the cardiac <coughs> stuff, and so um, it was good. And I thought he came in and did an excellent job as well. Greg, Seba had an Instagram post today saying, when you're ready, but they don't want to listen. Does he think he's ready? Has there been any discussion that he thinks he's should be playing? Yeah, and I think he sent that yesterday. So, uh, But yes, he, he, in fairness, it's one of these things where uh, he has trained this week. He has hit shots. Um, he's done a lot of things that I think we as players feel like I'm ready to go. Um, and what we have a team of doctors for is to uh, to inform us on whether there's a risk or not a risk and and associated with playing a player in a situation and so i think seba fully feels like and i and i understand his position he looked great in training and he looked like he was ready the fear was that in an unpredictable environment like a game and where you have fatigue because it's a long game that there was still and the MRI still showed some form of a little of an injury, so there is an inherent risk of being out there. So while the player feels great, obviously the medical team sees that there is a risk associated because there's still a weakness because the muscle is still not fully healed. So there, therein lies the the balance. And so um, the decision was made that that uh, um, there was too much of a risk probably for this particular game that we we would play the long game a little bit, and that was the frustration because. I get it. I was a player. When I felt good, I wanted to play, as, as he does. Um, but that's part of the reason we have a medical team is to advise us on what they think is is um, a, a risk and what the level of that risk is for re-injury. But I'm assuming you'd like to keep this discussion in-house. I mean, you've got your star player who throws a tantrum when you take him out. Now he's he's going against what your medical staff is saying. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, preferably it's it's better kept in-house uh, that's a discussion for me and him um, but again what I'm saying to you is I understand because he was performing and training and he looked good um, but the medical decision was otherwise in terms of the Instagram I don't love the Instagram for sure and and that's a discussion for he and I and we'll we'll move from there Greg, it's a Friday night game um, you know five nothing without Javico and Altidore playing two important as if the league hasn't taken notice already, what sort of message does a game like this send across the league? We have a pretty good team with some pretty good depth. Um, and 
uh, you know, I thought we stayed very organized as a group. Uh, we played for our moments and we took our moments. And, um, you know, I've, I've been saying for a while, I believe we have the deepest team in the league and maybe the deepest team ever. Um, I stand by that. And we've got guys who haven't been playing a ton but are hungry and they're capable. And tonight they came out and, um, you know, made a statement for themselves and, and as a group. And I thought the most important thing is no matter who we put out there and, and how we put them out there, the group works hard for each other. They cover each other. Uh, they work towards the game plan and so that they stay on the same page. And, and when they do that and they have their legs under them and they have the energy, um, our record is pretty good in those situations. And so um, you know, we've got guys that are capable. I don't know what everybody thinks after today. I think we feel pretty good about you know, what we did tonight and, and the run that we've been on. Uh, and we, we don't get too caught up in every every uh, result. We take it in, we enjoy it, but we know this is a long process and we still have things that um, we continue to work on and get better and guys to improve and, and we, we play the long game on this process. Keep working on the things and keep getting better and good results will happen along the way. You mentioned Tossie. He came out flying in the first 20 yeah. minutes and then a few poor touches towards the end. How do you find that balance with him so he can kind of sustain that level of play in his first 20 throughout 90? Yeah, well, <clears throat> One of the ways we tried to find it tonight is by playing him with another striker whose job it was to hold up the ball, which freed him up to make runs, and I think that's when he's at his best. And, um, you know, sometimes we, we have used him in the past as kind of the lone guy, but then he feels like he's got to be the target, right? But that's not him at his best. And so, uh, you know, I, I think with Tassaint, it, it's going to be you win some sometimes, and you get him on the run, and you score great goals, and sometimes you lose some. You get him in situations where the ball... Um, you know, he loses the ball in a situation. It happens. A lot of forwards happen in different scenarios because his skill set is to be on the run and to get himself in front of goal and to create opportunities through his incredible athleticism, his, you know, a lot of times his intelligent runs to open up the field, and, and that's his that's his skill set, right? And, um, you know, I had a recent conversation with him is we just keep making you better at the things you're already good at. We don't need to change you as a forward. You don't need to do more of the other stuff. It doesn't, you know, he's not a kid anymore. So um, I think that's that's the balance with tosses. You put him in situations and he can be incredibly dangerous. We saw it through the course of the playoffs and no different different tonight. And that's when I talk about the depth of our team, I think that's the value of our team. If if I look down the bench and I need a certain guy to do a certain role a certain way, I have options, right? It's not like I have to get some guy to try to get him to fit in to do something that I need on the field. We've got options and so uh, you know, when I put Oso in, I could have put three other guys into that position as well, right? But um, that's why this team is deep and why, you know, we've got some choices. And that's why it's, it's that's why they're good, too, because they push each other and they make each other better every day. And, and Toss is no different. I mean, it's hard for him to get on the field with Sebo and Josie. And he continues to work and continues to produce when he gets opportunities. Are you surprised by how aggressive Columbus are and the way they took the holding midfielder out for another forward play tonight? Yes, yes, because they were on the road. But I also think they they felt like against us at their place, they did a few things that they were very successful at. Um, you know, they played a 4-1-4-1, and they rotated their fullbacks into defensive midfield positions, and they dropped uh, Trap into the back line. We've seen it before. They did it the first game against us. Um, not at the beginning of the first game, but they made that switch about – 30 minutes into the game. So it's something we talked about. We knew when they set the lineup sheet that that's what we were going to see. We we're going to see fullbacks rotating into central positions, trap dropping into the back line, their wingers staying wide, 
And so for us, it was um, we had talked through how those how that changes our defensive reference points, but also that would also open up our ability to really hit them in transition because their fullbacks would be in positions where they couldn't cover the outside channels. And so uh, we had a good sense of what was coming because obviously we've played them a lot recently. And um, as I said, you try to take something from every time you play somebody. And, and so we knew that was one of the options they had uh, and we were ready for it. We got a, you know, we got an opportunity early where we were able to release to Saint in behind the back line, and and that goal sets up for uh, a good start, right? And so, um, was I? I'm a little surprised because playing on the road, playing us very aggressive like that. But I think they're also probably calculating the fact that we don't have Sebo and Josie on the field. Maybe they can push us a little bit, and and that they were going to keep possession. But um, we did a good job of managing it and, and getting them on going in the other direction. What, what did you think about um, Michael's performance tonight? Uh, I thought it was excellent. I think his ability to, again, keep everybody sort of organized. We had two um, two guys up front. We needed to communicate through different changes. I think always playing Columbus, they always will overload you in different areas, and you've got to manage things, and you've got to talk through things. Uh, you've got to keep a group you know, organized, keep everybody sort of on task. I thought um, from the first whistle to the last, I think he did a good job of leading the team tonight. and. Uh, you know, picked off some balls, won some balls, and, and got us out of some situations where um, we were able to get going forward in, into some transitions. So um, I thought, you know, I thought a great job from him and great leadership across the across the game. What was your view of the Delgado red card? Unfortunate, a little bit. I think um, he didn't know the player was really there. I think he kind of saw him last minute, and he tried to pull out of it. From what I could tell, I haven't seen the replay. But his foot was high. The ball wasn't there anymore because the player got there a little first. So I got there first just ahead of him. And so I think it's it's unfortunate. Um, I love to see those be yellow cards and not red cards. I mean, it's their guy brings down our guy on a breakaway and he gets a yellow card. And, you know, our guy gets into an incidental challenge sort of trying to make a play on the ball and he gets red carded. I'm not sure um, you know, how that evens out. but. Uh, I thought it was unfortunate for Marky. It wasn't a stupid play or anything like that. I think he was just trying to keep a play alive and, and got caught with bad timing and just didn't recognize the guy was there. Extreme Toronto Sports Club, XTSC, offers the best co-ed, men's and women's recreational leagues across the city. Scarborough, North York, Downtown Toronto, indoor and outdoor turf soccer, co-ed volleyball and ball hockey leagues too. Get your soccer fix with Extreme Toronto Sports Club. Sign up today at xtsc.ca. xtsc.ca. Michael, how does it feel to be back-to-back -back Trillium Cup champions? Um, <laughs> it was a great win. Um, really, really important three points. <clears throat> You know, we, we talked before the game about just this idea that momentum counts for a lot and and we're on a good run at the moment. Uh, we feel good about things and, but we've gotta keep going. We don't wanna we don't wanna settle for anything, we don't wanna we don't wanna feel like we've done anything yet and, and we've got to keep we gotta keep going. We have to keep pushing, we've gotta keep uh, you know, we we've gotta understand that there's still so much more there for us. The Trillium Cup is uh, is a is a product of winning the game tonight. Um, I'm gonna kind of uh, 
at some point, uh, if if the if if I if the fans tell me that it's something that means a lot to them, then then ultimately it's something that will will mean a little bit more to us. Um, again, for us, the most important thing tonight was was three points against a good team, continuing a good run, um, and we feel good about that. Seems as though Victor Vasquez is getting you know better each game. He capitalized on two cru- crucial set pieces tonight. Can you comment on his performance so far? Yeah, he's uh, he's he's come in and, and found a really good way to to help our team. Um, I, I've said it a few different times. He's he's easy to play with. Uh, he's fun to play with. You know, he he's not one of these guys that hangs out and then every time he gets the ball is trying the hardest play he's a guy who plays within the the flow and rhythm of the game he finds good space he he gives you the ball when it's good for you Um, when the game uh, when the game presents him an opportunity to to try a little something more then obviously you know he he's very good at that and he understands that we need him to to play certain types of final passes and and Really help us in those ways, but again, he, um, <clears throat> I think, has has come in and found a really good way to help our team. And um, you know, across the board, I, I feel like uh, we're in a good way right now. We've just got to keep going. Michael, you've talked about the depth on this team. It was Ben Spencer's turn to step up today. You've seen how many hours he's worked to get back on the field today. Can you just give us your thoughts about his journey back? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I thought Ben was, on a personal level, uh, we're all really happy for Ben. Um, you know, we, we've seen how much work he's put in behind the scenes to get himself uh, back healthy and fit and, and in good form. Um, and so for him to get an opportunity tonight and to play well and to, to contribute in a big way to, to a good win, um, <clears throat> he deserves that. And, and like I said... It's not been a it's not been an easy stretch for him, and I think he's shown he's shown everybody behind the scenes what kind of mentality he, ha- he has because he's even on on days when it'd be real easy to to be down and frustrated, he's continued to work and work and work, um, and and he's put himself in a in a really good position, and so uh, I, I couldn't be couldn't be happier for him, um, and and I think in all ways tonight we we had guys who were excited by the challenge and, and and ready to play in an important game and, and I think the mentality was excellent the understanding of, of <clears throat> what different parts of the game were asked for was was very good and in the end the the mentality and the the, the killer instinct to keep going and going even even uh, even towards the end was was really good, and so we'll uh, we'll enjoy this. Um, but again, the message stays the same: it's that we gotta we gotta keep going. We still have uh, we still have big room for improvement. I promise you that, and, and everybody everybody feels that. So I would imagine that you and Josie must feel like you're leaving the team in good hands as you go off on international. Yeah, it works two ways. We we certainly feel we feel good about the team that we have. Um, you hate leaving, that's for sure, and especially in a moment like this. Um, literally, the last thing you want to do is leave. Um, big game Wednesday, another big game Saturday in New England. <clears throat> um, 
again, we're at the obviously playing for for the for our national team is is something that means an incredible amount to us. Um, but in, in moments like this, ultimately, it's 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 lose lose because you wherever you are, you're missing something, and so you know you you uh, we're at the mercy of the schedule makers and, and the league and, and U.S. soccer and ultimately as players wherever we are in the moment it's it's about shifting focus and being ready to 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 give everything you have for for that team in that moment um, but I, I, I promise we'll be uh, we'll be watching Wednesday and Saturday really closely um, but but confidently because I think uh, you know we've shown that we've got a good team. Is it frustrating though still that the MLS is still in this position where continual overlap between international and, and regular season matches? Yeah, the, the, absolutely. I think it it continues to be the the worst part about playing in the league. You know, I, I've said it I've said it in, in in different ways publicly. I've said it to anybody who will listen privately. Um, <clears throat> I love playing. I love playing in, in MLS. I love playing uh, for this club, for, for, for Toronto FC in, the, in this city. I'm lucky, or we're lucky, that the club here goes to every length possible to, <clears throat> to avoid playing on FIFA dates um, and, and, and really uh, minimize the number of games that we miss. But missing anything is, is frustrating. And so, like I said, the, it's the... It's the, the the most frustrating part of playing in the league, um, and, and you know you just you hope that there can continue to be strides made in in, in those ways so that uh, ultimately you get to the point where you don't have to miss anything on either side. Michael, you talked before about um, you know, the need for quick ball movement and you know taking one touch when as opposed to two when it's impossible. How much has that efficiency on the ball from the team overall contributed to this kind of unbeaten run that you guys are? In? Yeah, it's it's important, um, very important. You know, I, I think as a team, continuing to to work on the the whole package, which which means we can win games in different in different ways. We can win on a lot of different days. We can win by keeping things tight and not conceding and being a hard team to play against. We can win on some days just on on sheer mentality. We can win on other days by our by our football, by, by being a, a team that um, plays and moves and, and plays forward and, and uh, you know puts teams on their heels in those ways. And and ultimately it's some it's gotta be on a lot of days a combination of all of those things. And I think we've made we've made big progress in, in all those ways. You know, I and, and again I, I the, the most exciting part for me is I continue to look at our team and feel like uh, we have big room for improvement still. And, and I don't say that in any <clears throat> in any in any negative way. You know, I, I think that we've we've made big progress, um, but I, I still see I still see big margin for improvement. And I think we, we all do. And, and ultimately, that that part is is, is exciting because if we can continue to to work, continue to, to get better and better, I think the, the possibilities are, are, are good for us. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. 
TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. All In Sports Talk. 24-7 Sports Talk Radio. Toronto FC tonight against a team that in the past couple of games, you know, it's been a challenge for either side. How does it feel to just completely take Columbus out of the game tonight? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we talked before the game about uh, no Josie, no Seba doesn't mean we don't, you know, we take our foot off the gas. Uh, we came into the game expecting to make a statement and, and we did so. So I thought from front to back we played really well. Uh, ever on the pitch, and you know, it's really, really satisfying to get that, that result. You're a modest guy, Alex, but another clean sheet for you. How do you feel about your performance so far this season? Uh, yeah, good. I thought today my distribution was a little bit sloppy, uh, which it has. You know, I don't think it has been lately, so I'm a little disappointed about that. But I, I say it every time that uh, shout out to our team statistic, and after the game, uh, the back three and Jamo and Beta, we got together and you know, hugged it out and said, good zero, good zero. Uh, and, you know, we're expecting the same thing on a week-in, week-out basis. So that's what we're going for and uh, we'll, we'll be ready for next weekend. Alex, what do you think when you see Vasquez hit a free kick like that? Uh, yeah. You're glad you're not facing it. was a little cheeky. I, I always think that, <clears throat> you know, from that close, sometimes it's good to go back to the keeper's side because, you know, they can't really see the ball. They don't have time to react. But uh, that was cheeky, and he's, he's such a classy player. And, uh, you know, there's not many guys that can, that can pull that off in the fashion that he did. And, Fortunately for us, I think we've got a couple of them on our team. So, uh, you know, the fact that uh, we're missing, you know, two big guys in Josie and Seba, and he stepped up and, and did a really great job for us and, and really carries in the first half. Thanks, guys. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. TFC Talk with MLS and TFC journalist Steve Gennaro. TFC Talk is what you've been waiting for. More Toronto FC every single week. Practice reports, one-on-one interviews with players, coaches, executives, club alumni and insiders, and match day coverage of Toronto FC. TFC Talk can be heard on all in sports talks, free app or tune-in station, and is simulcast on Waking the Red. You can also listen to past episodes of TFC Talk on all in sports talks iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud channels. Be sure to follow Steve on Twitter at underscore S Gennaro and listen to TFC Talk every week. Up the Reds! Up the Reds! Up the Reds!